0: Good morning, my Oikos family. How is everybody? Are we good? God is good. Amen? Amen. So when we last left off, uh, Paul and Barnabas had just split up because Barnabas insisted, if you recall, on taking John Mark with him. Uh, And if you recall a little bit further back, John Mark had earlier deserted Paul, uh, and Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, no doubt, said, John Mark, this is just not your vocation. Church planting is not your vocation. And so uh, his cousin Barnabas insisted on taking John Mark, and Paul said, we, we just can't do that. Uh, and they split up. It turned out church planting was just not John Mark's vocation. Uh, in a sense, John Mark lost his job. We're in Acts chapter 15, the latter part of 15 here. His vocation turned out to be elsewhere because uh, as fate would have it, He went on to write the very first gospel, the very first one that was written, um, the the gospel of Mark. Pastor Aaron ended his message last week with a challenge to us all. So uh, if you will, if everybody could raise your hands, everybody. God is good, amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Keep your hands up. Now, uh, Aaron's challenge was to reach out to a friend, family member, acquaintance who had lost his or her job. Uh, if you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about, for instance, you weren't here or didn't watch the sermon online, put your hand down. Everybody else keep them up. Okay? So that means that those of you with your hands up know what I'm talking about. Wonderful. If you did talk to a friend or family member or acquaintance who had lost his or her job, put your hand down. And, and I'm, I'm being honest here. I am keeping my hand up for a reason. Uh, okay, everybody put your hands down. So very clearly I had whittled the audience here down to those who, had not, who knew what the challenge was and did not respond. Uh, if at all in doing that, in holding your hand up in front of everybody, you felt at all in the slightest way convicted, or if your mind went back to, you know what, there is somebody in my life that maybe I could talk to about having lost a job, much like John Mark did, then I submit to you that at least it's possible that the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God himself was working on you just now. It is at least possible, and I would say very probable, that something supernatural probably happened inside of you just now. Now for those of you who did talk to your friend or family member about losing a job, could it have been through that person's pain, earthly pain, that God had prepared that person for you in advance so that you could have that conversation and so you could bring the love of Jesus Christ to that person? Is that possible? Do we believe that that is at least possible, if not actually happened this week? If it is, then I submit to you that something supernatural likely happened in that conversation. So don't let it be just one conversation. Let it be a relationship founded on Jesus Christ. This week, we're going, to turn, we're going to keep going where we left, last left off, in Acts chapter 16, so if you would, uh, grab a Bible around you or fire up your Bible app, and as, and, uh, as we're doing that, the text is likely not, is not going to be on the screen, by the way, so um, if you would like to follow along at all, you're going to need your Bible app or book. Um, because we are a family, and we really, really do believe that, we don't leave each other hanging. So if you would, look around, and if somebody, uh, you know, the Bible's got moved around, they don't have one, look around and offer a Bible to somebody. Now, just kind of look around, check in with them with your eyes, and just, it's okay to make eye contact with people you don't know. We're family. All right. So we're in Acts chapter 16. We're starting here with verse one. Paul went first to Derbe and then to Lystra, where there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer, but his father was a Greek. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in Lystra and Iconium, so Paul went to, went to him, or wanted him to join them on their journey. In deference to the Jews in the area, he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised before they left, for everyone knew that his father was a Greek. Then they went from town to town, instructing the believers to follow the decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem. That's chapter 15. So the churches were strengthened in their faith and grew larger every day. Now before we say, oh, isn't that nice? The church got bigger. Something supernatural just happened. Did you catch it? Let's go back to verse two. Timothy was well thought of by the believers in some translations, the brothers, in Lystra and Iconium. So Paul wanted him to join them on their journey. In deference to the Jews, the area he arranged for Timothy to be circumcised. Now, I don't know about you. Does anybody know someone or, well, you don't need to admit to this, but does anybody know anybody who has had an adult circumcision? I I do. I went to college with a guy who was circumcised in college. He didn't walk for two days. Okay? So Paul walks into a town and says, I hear you're a pretty cool dude. Would you please mutilate yourself, right? Okay, so it'd be as if a guest pastor walked into our church and said, you know what, Aaron and Jason speak very, very highly of you. I would like you to join me in planting some churches in Katy, and oh, by the way, it's not required at all, but in your case in particular, I would like you to get a cattle brand on the inside of your thigh. If our response is anything other than go fly a kite or other choice words that we might need to repent of later, that there will be an act of the Holy Spirit that will have occurred, right? Something supernatural happened just here. Paul walked into a town and said, Timothy. And Timothy said, I will go. I will leave everything that I know and I will follow you, right? It reminds us of... Jesus calling the very first disciples. And if something, if, if there had to have been, it doesn't say this in the text, so this is the Bible according to Dave Lefevre, uh, for better or worse, something supernatural just happened. And not just come follow me, but I want you to undergo a medical procedure with no anesthesia and uh, not really sterile supplies, right? Something supernatural just happened. Now before, Luke, the author of, of Acts, must, inspired by the Holy Spirit, have known that we would look at this and say, you know, that's just a first century early church miracle, right? I mean, you know, God, being the entrepreneur that he is, had to really get in there and work with people to get his church to, uh, to expand, and so we look at this and we say that that can't happen today. But Luke, inspired by the Holy Spirit, probably knew that we, would, we might write that off and instead follows it up immediately by showing that God and the Holy Spirit does supernatural things in the everyday. So we move to verse six. Next, Paul and Silas traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at the time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. What happens here is not a come-follow-me miracle. Instead, what happens here is something special and supernatural in the everyday. See, there are two things that Paul and Silas are trying to do. First is just get from point A to point B, right? Seemingly simple, but if you've driven in Houston at all, that can be actually very difficult sometimes. In particular, if you're anywhere near the interchange of I-10 and 45 lately. Simply getting from point A to point B, something we do many times a day, the Holy Spirit intervened. Second, Paul and Silas were just trying to do their jobs, their vocations, the things they were called to do. God said, I want you to go on this mission. I want you to preach to all the nations and make disciples and baptize them. And they said, great, let's get started. But they're blocked. In fact, they are prevented from speaking at all. And who is it that does that? Is it sin? Is it the, the world that we live in? Is it the Roman Empire as awful that it was? No, it wasn't. Luke is very clear about who it is that stopped them from traveling from one place to another, that, that intervened, and who prevented them from talking. It was the Holy Spirit. It was God himself. God intervened in the everyday And more than a come follow me miracle, this absolutely does apply to our lives. How often, sometimes per day, do we look at the things around us? Do we experience things and say it's the result of a bad person, sin in the world, uh, you know, a bad boss, whatever it is, right? If we lose a job or if we're passed over for a promotion, how quick are we to say, darn you company that wouldn't hire me, or worse yet, you know, how often do we curse the person who actually got the job or the promotion ahead of us? Or if we're just trying to travel from point A to point B, how often do we get red, uh, white-knuckled and angry in the traffic that, it, that we drive through and blame it on the city of Houston's failure to fill potholes or whatever it is? Right? We immediately look to the things of this world to explain the things around us. And it doesn't have to be negative. We don't have to necessarily be stopped by something. It could be, I got a promotion, or uh, sometimes we don't even think about getting from point A to point B and how much of a miracle that actually is. How quick are we to say that that was the work of our own hands before looking to the God and master of the universe who created it all and is actively at work in it? I'll tell you a quick story about a door that was shut, uh, much like was shut on Paul and Silas uh, in Kindra's and and my life. Uh, As many of you know, if not most all of you, we have two children under two. uh, And that has been hard on us. Uh, If you'd like to know how hard, we're happy to tell you. Uh, Or you can ask the Vanderwaters who have been very kind enough to hear all of our uh, complaints and to walk us through it. But it's been kind of difficult. We didn't, we didn't actually plan on having two under two. That, that was not in our life plan, let's put it that way. Uh, we, we both wanted a little bit longer of a break between infants and ironically enough, uh, both of our kids happened to be sick today, this weekend when I'm preparing this message. And so the, uh, the, the, the full import of having two under two uh, was born upon us. But we didn't plan that. And it has been rough, to be perfectly frank. But as it would turn out, when pregnant with Levi or first, and in, in raising Levi as an infant, Kendra got to know quite a few new moms who were, roughly the same age and had children eerily close together in terms of time. And it would turn out that several of those moms, several of those those families had second children right about the same time we did. In other words, a handful of folks who all had two under two. And it would turn out that several of those moms carry some big hurt and really could use the love of Jesus. Could it have been that a door was shut to us, we lose this break that we were looking forward to, that we wanted, that we coveted perhaps, because God wanted us right where we are right now, right when we are in this life stage at this time. Could it have been that what we didn't plan on was God, the Holy Spirit working on us, that something supernatural had happened? Could it be that it has absolutely nothing to do with us? Maybe it's Lexi, our second, who is supposed to be at the right place at the right time. But far too often we're quick to say, why didn't I get this? Why didn't this happen? I'm going to be late to my my dinner appointment, why is this traffic the way that it is? When what we need to do is go back to the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, what are you saying to me in this? What is it you would have me do? I think If we are sincere in our faith and sincere in our prayer petitions, then we should expect God to answer them. But it's actually, but just in my own life, I have to wonder about the prayers that I pray, not really expecting God to answer as clearly as sometimes He does, as clearly as He did with Paul, Silas, and Luke. We're looking back at Acts chapter 16, and I'm at verse 9 There, the latter part of that, that second paragraph or second section. That night, Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia in Northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us, he said. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. How about that for direction? We're blocked at one seaport, we're prevented from talking in, an, in another, and so Paul has a dream and God says, you're supposed to go over there. Oh, okay. But what's interesting, and before we, we move on, look at the last part of that last sentence. It says, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. What do you mean you concluded? Was there a debate? Right? Paul wakes up and says, hey, fellas, um, I had this dream, right? Luke doesn't say that they just, they, they, so we went on to Macedonia, right? That's, that's what it would have said. And it turns out the, the, the Greek word that's used here for concluded, uh indicates that there was some discussion, at the very least, some reasoning they had to do with each other, Right? So, uh, symbabasdo means that that they took something and extrapolated it from it and in other words they discussed it the we concluded means that Paul talked with other people about it as obvious as this supernatural thing might have seemed Paul still discussed it with people that's kind of interesting isn't it so let's say that indeed we having heard this message, we're sitting in traffic, and we say, Dave said not to get angry about the traffic, but instead ask God what he's trying to say to me in this. Okay, so, and then you decide, and then then inspired, you say, I think I might have anger issues, or maybe I'm not patient enough, or whatever it is. Let's say you get your answer. How quick are we then, having recognized that something supernatural probably just happened? That is, you were, spoken to in some way, march on from there saying, okay, I'm going to work on my patience. Lord, give me patience right now, right? But that's not what scripture tells us to do. We are not solo missionaries. We are a family and we call our faith community oikos, which is Greek for extended family for a reason. Jesus sent the disciples out in pairs to go into communities and told them to stay in those communities. If you look down uh, at the, the, the last section of today's text, which is 11 through 15 in Philippi, uh, Well, actually, let me just read the last sentence there. Uh, she, Lydia, and her household were baptized and she asked, she asked us, Luke, Paul, and Silas, to be her guests. If you agree that I am a true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay in my home. In other words, they do this as a community. They discuss things with each other. They pray about it. They, and again, they discuss it with each other, even as, as big and important as some revelation may have been. That is, uh, I need to work on my patients or whatever, or I was passed over for a job opportunity because it's the will of God, right? That's, that's, that's a big thing that just happened. But we're encouraged not to just move on having gotten this amazing instruction from the Almighty. Instead, we're asked to discuss it and to reach conclusions with our faith family. I really do believe that the supernatural does happen in the natural. I really do. In fact, actually, my standing here before you is the result of something rather supernatural. And I would like to share it with you. I'm standing here because, well, Aaron was particularly desperate for a preacher, but I'm standing here because Aaron said, here's the text for this week or for a couple of weeks. Do any of you feel particularly led to give the message. And when I read one through 15, I said, oh my, because, oh, there we go. I had been given something that I believe I should share. And so I told him, I said, "I, I believe there is a message that I should give. I'm standing here because not because God told me to go to Macedonia, but because there is a vision that I wanna share with you. So if we could, because I wanna describe this to you and and I really want you to use your mind's eye. Uh, So let's take the focus off of me and if we can kill the spots, that'd be fantastic. And I, I would like you as best you can to close your eyes. The toddlers will be okay. Now, before I get into the vision, I wanna set it up just a little bit. I, one of the things I do quite frequently is run along the bayou, and there is a recurring daydream, if you will, that, like I said, recurs, it happens quite often, and I'm gonna share it with you. Picture, if you will, in the middle of the desert, a vast lake, a sea with a dam, in a small stream after it. It is the Hoover Dam. And if you've seen it, you have a a good picture of it. A massive wall of concrete and steel. An amazing feat of human engineering, such so that it is a tourist attraction. So on the way to Los Angeles or Las Vegas, you stop at the Hoover Dam and marvel at this amazing feat of human engineering, this massive wall of concrete and steel. And as you're touring the structure, reading the plaques, the ground beneath you begins to shake. Like many other people, you are scared and you get off the dam, at least off to the side. And as the ground begins to shake more, the the sea that is held back by this wall gets choppy because the earth is shaking. Fear sets in. That feeling in your stomach that something bad is going to happen takes hold. You look around for some authority, somebody to do something. And as you're looking around frantically, you look down on the stream side of the dam and there is a man there standing on a rock next to the stream. Your concern for yourself fades and you think only about the man. Why is he there? You try to call out, sir, you need to get out of there. And just then, the earth trembles more, and with a groan, the wall cracks. And the man looks up at you. And there is a peace in his eyes that you cannot comprehend. And as if he spoke into your heart, he says, It's okay. I got this. The earth trembles, the sky opens up, lightning strikes the dam, and it bursts forth with all the wrath and fury that millions of gallons of water can do. And in the second before the man is swallowed up, he stretches out his arms and crosses his ankles and cries out, it is finished. This was not the final whimper of a man who was about to lose his life. It was a declaration of victory. The wall crumbles, the water rushes forth, rubble is everywhere, You're terrified at the scene you have just witnessed. And as time passes, the lake, the sea that had been held back becomes a free flowing river. Those around you look at the carnage bewildered the earth had shaken this wall to the ground and they don't know what to do so they do the only thing they know how to do and they start picking up the rubble finally you begin to understand that the river needed to flow to give life downstream. And so you begin to question why in the world, everyone around you, you see them scurrying around, picking up bits of rock and brick and piling it back up again. And you begin to understand they don't know what they do. And you look down at your arm down by your side and then look at your hand and you're holding a brick. My brothers and sisters, I implore you to put the brick down. You can open your eyes. Every day we go through our lives We encounter people, we walk into coffee shops, we get gas, we drive. We work at our jobs, we work for promotions. Every day we go through these motions. And we tell ourselves, we've convinced ourselves that what happens to us is the result of cosmic cause and effect I made a decision to do this, somebody else made a decision to do that, this happened to me, why, why? And every time we do, every time we attribute something like that, every time we resist that little urge inside of us that says maybe I should talk to this man weeping over here, we pick up a brick and we start rebuilding the wall that separates us from God, that wall broke. Christ destroyed that wall, the temple curtain was torn into, God lives in and among us. That's the God we believe in. But when we go throughout our lives and and fail to see where God is at work, or at least take a risk that he might be, we start rebuilding that wall. And so I ask you to put the bricks down. God is doing some amazing things in your lives. And I've spoken to quite a few of you, and I know they are. So I ask you, where is he working on you right now? What could he be doing in and through you? What supernatural thing is happening in the natural world? Of your lives. The final part of the the, uh, the text for today gives us a glimpse of what happens. You see Lydia was at the shores of the river doing what she did all the time, something very very natural. It was very natural for Jews to be beside the river praying. Baptism as it turns out is actually a Jewish practice that uh, the Christians used. So it was very natural, but something supernatural happened that day, and it became one of the most important churches in the early church, the church at Philippi. So let's put the bricks down. Allow God to work in and through us. Submit to him. Return to the feet of Jesus and say, Lord God, what would you have me do? What are you saying to me, and what am I doing about it? Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you humbled. You are the master of the universe, and yet so often we try to be masters of our own lives. We return to you and we repent of that. And we ask you to strengthen our faith so that we can allow you to work through us so that we can understand our roles in your great plan. Lord God, help us all to see what bricks we carry around and help us, give us the faith to set them down. In your name we pray, amen.